This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, February 27th, 2022. This or that, the world or the word. Almighty God, this is such a, a difficult and overwhelming time in our world. Thank you for the reminder that all we need is Jesus. We do have everything we need, but when life is so difficult, remind us that we're not alone, and that's why you came. Almighty God, we pray for our world. We pray for the people of Ukraine. God, um, as we just have a, a moment of quiet, as each one of us lifts our hearts, hear our prayers. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. We thank you, God, for being a good, good Father. We pray this in your holy and precious and sovereign name. Everybody agreed and said, Amen. Amen. It has been a, um, a tough week to watch what's happening in Ukraine. It's pretty personal for a lot of us where there might be some people that we know or care about or love or work with. I don't know if my brother's watching, Dave. He uh, lives in Florida. He's one of our regular online attenders and he works for a bank. I can't remember. It's not a well-known name. I can't remember which one, but he works all night, and his his team is in Poland and Ukraine. And he texted me a couple days ago, and he lost two team members. Last night I was at Annie at Odessa High, and somebody who attends here is her family's there, and she's from there. And I was like, "Wow, this isn't just over there. This is here." So tonight, from 6 to 8 o'clock, we're going to open up our sanctuary, and it's just a time of quiet meditation. We're not going to preach. There's just going to be a quiet time where if you're so led to come, spend some time in prayer to lift the whole world situation up. God hears. God hears, and... You have to remember that no matter what, God is sovereign. God is on the throne. For that, we are grateful. Mm. So good morning, Connection Church. Here in the sanctuary, there in your homes, wherever you may be. Uh, this is just a glorious day to be a part of God's kingdom. 
In spite of what's happening around us, we know that God still reigns. God's on the throne, and God's got it in hand. Yeah, yeah. So today we conclude our series, This or That, and we're going to consider the world, <laughs> world, W-O-R-L-D, uh, or the word, W, capital W-O-R-D, world or the word. What's so interesting is this message series and this particular message was planned like four or five, six weeks ago, and here we are preaching about the world or the truth of the word. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners. We forgot this a couple weeks ago, and... Samantha and Cameron said, what's wrong with Carrie and Alan? They didn't say that they're two sinners. We are. We still are. We still are. Hadn't changed. (laughs) Saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for being here. We are one church, many locations. We are the family of God. There are those of you joining us online. It's good to be together. Let's go ahead and, and pray again. Thank you, God, for today. Thank you for the truth uh, that we stand on, the foundation. And thank you for gathering us here this morning as uh, one church, many locations. Settle us in wherever we are. Remove any distractions so that we can be laser-focused on what it would be that we need to take away. We pray this in your holy name. Everybody agreed and said, amen. Amen. So, um, you know, my favorite Old Testament book of the Bible is Genesis. I, I just love Genesis. It's just, I think the primary reason because it's a mirror. You know, I look into Genesis and I see me and I see us and I see uh, in the lives of those Bible characters. I see real lives because I, I see those lives, you know, every day. And... Um, and so that's probably why I refer to it a lot. So uh, I just think it's chock full. And, and I know we referred right there at the beginning several times. We're going to do it again because it's just so powerful. You know, Genesis 1.1 tells us that in the beginning, in the beginning, well, it's interesting because there was something before this. Because <laughs> God was there, right? But in the beginning of I guess more than God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So in other words, God created, that's a simple way, God created everything. Everything, both seen and unseen. This world and out of this world. I was reading this week and, and I picked up something really good. Everything was created through the word of the uncreated God. Uncreated God. What, what do you mean? Well, uncreate God. God was there before creation. God was not created. God always has been, is, and always will be. There's no creation of God. God is, that's God's name in the Old Testament, Yahweh. It means I am who I am. It means is. God is, is. And God is responsible for all that is. And that includes the world, our world, was his from the moment he, his word brought it into being, into existence right there 
in Genesis 1. And then in verse 27, still the first chapter, 27 verses later, God brings humans into being. Humans into being. That's a good way of putting it. Human beings. Okay. But one verse later after that, after he creates them, one verse later, God gives humans authority over the earth, over the world. You think about that. God basically hands us the keys to the earthly kingdom. That's incredible. God really, really had a high opinion of us, don't you think? Check it out. Some of you might be able to repeat some of this by memory, but this is where we want to start today. Genesis 1, verses 27 through 31. So God created mankind or humankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he made, had made, and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Up to this day, it's been good. And now after the whole thing's done and after humankind's put in the picture, it's very good. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Very good. And God has handed over to us such incredible responsibility. Remember, uh, with, with great power comes great responsibility, right? Two chapters later, just two chapters, Genesis 3, it all changes, as we've shared before. It's, it's not a new story. When Adam and Eve eat forbidden fruit, sin enters the world. But this authority that God gave them, they in effect now hand over to Satan through their disobedience. It didn't take long, did it? Now we have separation between we and thee, between us and God, between the secular and the sacred. It, all, it was all one. Now it's the secular and the sacred between the world and God's Word. And John, that's the fourth book in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the second part of the Bible, John 14, chapter 14, verse 30, Jesus refers to Satan as the prince of this world. Think of that. Jesus, the, I mean, Satan, the prince of this world. Whoo! Whoo! And then here's what the Apostle Paul shares with the people in the church at Ephesus. This is from the book of Ephesians. That's later on in the New Testament. Paul wrote this letter to the church at Ephesus. Chapter 2, this is verses 1 and 2, the New International Version of Scripture. He writes this, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live. In other words, okay, you're not here anymore, but 
Think back to how things were in the past. <coughs> okay? Remember back when you followed the ways of the world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. Ooh. The spirit, small s, not Holy Spirit, small s spirit, who is now at work in those who are, say the last word, disobedient. Ouch. Ouch. So as Paul shares here, we're separated from God when we follow the ways of the world. When we follow the ruler of the kingdom of the air. You know, air is fleeting. It just kind of comes and goes. The spirit, little s spirit, that is at work in those who are disobedient. Tough scripture. Tough scripture. We're talking this or that. The world here, the word, the word there. We like the way that Eugene Peterson puts it in the message um, Alan just read from the New International Version. I want to read that same Ephesian scripture uh, in the message, which is a paraphrase. It wasn't so long ago that you were mired in that old stagnant life of sin. You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You know, thinking about this this week, Paul could have written this in 2022, couldn't he? <laughs> he could have written it right now. How often do we listen to the world rather than the Word of God when it comes to making choices, when it comes to living our lives? I think most of, uh, for most of us, the answer here is we listen to the world far, far too often. And so what does the world tell us? Well, what advice does the world give? If we follow advice of the world, who we could get in some real trouble. Basically, we're told that the world revolves around us. Let, stick with me for a moment. When things revolve around us, you know, what's in the middle of the word sin? I us, me, me-centered. Uh, we're right there at the center. What's important to me is me, and that's not anything new. Oh, what's important is my needs, my family needs, instead of kind of the good of all, you know, this, this whole community thing. And I'm not saying we shouldn't be concerned about ourselves, but when we get so self-absorbed, our brother or sister around us doesn't seem to matter anymore. And that's where we get in trouble. Long, long time ago, there was a crooner named Frank Sinatra. Wait a minute, let's see. Anybody heard of him? A couple of us old guys. Okay, good, good. He sang a song, My Way. Kind of reflects this attitude. Wait a minute, let's do that poll we did earlier. Anybody under 40 ever heard of this song? My Way. Yeah, under 40. Under 30. Under 20. <laughs> there so we go. Alan's going to sing it for you now. Yeah, here we go. Barry, just kidding. You can take your hand off the mute button. I'm not going to sing it. We want to keep everybody here for another few minutes. But we'll share the words to this because it tells a lot about us. 
It's not just Frank. Frank didn't write it, by the way, but he certainly made it famous. But it's not just Frank. I think many of us could sing this song. And now the end is near, and so I face the final curtain. My friend, I'll say it clear. I'll state my case of which I'm certain. I lived a life that's full. I've traveled each and every highway, and much, much more than this, I did it my way. And I'm proud of it. <coughs> For what is a man, what has he got? If not himself, then he has not to say the things he truly feels and not the words of one who kneels. The record shows I took the blows and did it my way. My way. I think this is a song many of us at one time or another could proudly sing, couldn't we? That song came out in 1969. <laughs> wow, long time ago, over 50 years ago. It's so well known. It's, it's popular because it is a song that many of us could have sung, so to speak, with our lives. If any of you remember my mom, when she, she did things her way, and she loved the Lord too, um, but she was, did things, we, ha, she asked for this to be sung at her funeral. Anybody here Let's remember that? Let's put it that in perspective. She was yeah. in the hospital, the chaplain, Scott, was visiting her. Scott's a very good singer. Somehow they got talking about music, and he sang that in the hospital to her, and she said, would you sing that at my funeral? And he did. <laughs> you know, it's, it's so funny because many of us can sing that song with pride. I did it my way because the world, our culture, teaches us to be proud, to be very self-reliant, self-sufficient, self-guided. And, and that's not bad unless that's all there is. I mean, it's important to, to know who you are, but not at the expense of the greater good or community or your neighbor. The common factor in all this self stuff is self. And that gets us in trouble when we need to be focused not on world self, but word truth. Mm. I'm as guilty as the next guy. I remember like doing some home repair. I took jobs at two people, and I figured out a way to do it myself. Do it, you know, self-sufficient. I don't need any help. And not just that, but to do it my way, my way, self-reliant. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I figure there might be one or two, especially guys here, that can, uh, that can say amen internally. I see inside you're going amen. I'm in, brother. You know, you know. I've listened to what the world teaches, and I think most of us have at some point or other. And that's very often absolutely contrary to what the Word teaches. It's, it's so funny how, but you look at what Jesus says, it's usually about 180 from what the world is teaching us. And so in, in, in doing some research for today's message, I'm looking on Scripture for a Scripture that would really capture what we're trying to say here, and I found Old Testament Psalm, got to love the Psalms, but this is Psalm 25, verse 4. And this is, this is something you can hang your hat on. 25.4, New International Version. Show me your ways, Lord. 
not show me how to do it my way. Show us your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. There it is. There it is. The word tells us to do it my way. The world does. Uh, the, 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 the word tells us to do it thy way, God's way. So a byproduct of, of this world screaming at us is a word that some of us might know. YOLO! YOLO! You only live once! We preached on it We did a, a lot. It was, yeah, YOLO, YOLO, make every second count. Your pleasures, your desires, your enjoyment. YOLO, you may not get another, another opportunity. Make it count. You're in charge. Do it while you can. Don't let life pass by you. Don't let anybody else tell you how to live it. YOLO, do what's best for you. Your life, your rules, your choices. YOLO. YOLO. <laughs> you know, God's Word always also teaches us YOLO, but from a little different direction. You only live, live once, but from this direction, where the world tells us to grab all the gusto we can for ourselves, the Word tells us uh, to give of myself all I can to those around me. See the opposite? The one's coming this way, the other's going that way. And since there are no do-overs, there's no do-overs, I better do it today if I'm going to do it. Not this direction, but this direction. Better not wait till tomorrow. Here's what we read in Philippians, that's in the New Testament, uh, Paul's letter to the church at Philippi, second chapter, second chapter, verses three and four, New International Version, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, that's a pretty good word, humility. The humility is kind of the opposite of pride. And right in the middle of pride is that letter I. Just like sin has I in the middle, and they both are the same thing, and all about me. Oh, that's why I is right there in the middle. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Wow. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. YOLO. <laughs> you only did live once. So be humble. Be concerned. Love God. Love others. Be generous with your lives. This is all upside down thinking. Because that's not how culture how the world teaches us to think. The founder of Methodism, like a really long time ago in the mid-1700s, or the late 1700s, his name is John Wesley, and he had a quote that is just right on. Check this out. Do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, say the rest with me, as, as long, long as, as ever, ever you can. Be generous with your lives. And 
I can't do over an hour ago. And so to move forward and give my best, give our best is, is what it's all about. What it's all about. If you want to go back and take a look at these quotes, the scripture, the John Wesley, if you go to our website, just show up.church, up in the top, there's a place where it says messages. You can click on that, and these slides are all there. So also, while I'm talking about it, when you get your Friday update, if you scroll down, the music that will be on Sunday is also there. So you can worship before you ever get here to the music. Mm. Earlier, Carrie said uh, this turn, things get turned upside down here, uh, world, word and world upside down. You know, that, that's pretty, uh, pretty interesting because uh, I think Bear, or on the message uh, it said that this Wednesday we start, we have a Ash Wednesday service. Ash Wednesday is a, uh, if you're not familiar with Ash Wednesday, it's a day we put ashes on your forehead. Maybe you've seen people who, if they're done in the morning, they wear them all day. It's, it's the previous season's palms from Palm Sunday that get burnt and, and, and used. To, it's a representation, it's, it's representative of us being humble, of putting ourselves in God's hands, of, of recognizing our mortality also, that sooner or later we're all going to come to an end. That's that's the focus of the Ash Wednesday. It's not one of your jumping, jumping, feel good, uh, hooping and hollering services. It's very introspective, but I would encourage you to be here. But it starts a season called Lent. And Lent is a season from, that runs from then until Easter. And the purpose of Lent is to prepare, prepare our hearts for Jesus' death on the cross, but then ultimately his resurrection from the grave. Uh, it's, it's a time of self-reflection, this, this time of Lent. It's a time of focusing on our relationship with God and Jesus Christ. It's a time of uh, recognizing, again, our mortality and our need for a Savior. And I tell you all that because uh, I would encourage you uh, to, to, uh, to, to be at those uh, services like Ash Wednesday. We'll have a Holy Thursday service. Be there because they bring something extra to that season. But the other thing I want to say is upside down is our theme for that season because we're going to be looking at Matthew 5, the uh, beginning of Matthew 5, which is a, a sermon that Jesus gave on the mount. They call it on a mountain. The, and he, he talked for, in the Bible, it's, it's three chapters. But this section is called the Beatitudes. And the Beatitudes tell us how we are blessed. Beatitude means you're blessed. And you're blessed when, and, and when you read these, when, the blessing, you say, that sounds the opposite. It's like the first week you're blessed when you're poor in spirit. Really? You're blessed when you're meek. You're blessed when you're pushed to your knee. Really? All these things are just upside down of what we expect, of what the world would tell us. And so that's what we're talking about today, how opposite the world is from the Word. And we're going to explore that further during that Lenten season. I hope you all can be there, not just Sundays, but for the extra services. But you just said something about being generous with our lives. That's that's kind of crazy from a world standpoint, isn't it? We're supposed to look out for me, aren't we? I'm supposed to look out for me. But, uh, you know, we talked about tithing at the first series talk in this series, tithing, tipping or tithing, you know? And, uh, and, and in the world, tithing makes absolutely no sense. You talk to somebody outside church, you go, yeah, I, I take the first 10% of my income and give it to you. What? 
Not only outside the church. <laughs> I'm going to be gentle here. Okay. <laughs> it's bad enough the government takes theirs. You know how the church got to take theirs? Oh, man, that doesn't make sense. It's my money, right? I earned it. What are they going to do with it anyway? Am I going to get to tell them how to spend it? And what if I need that money for the months over? Are they going to give it back to me if I'm in need? What if there's something I want and the money's just not there? What if, what if something good came up that I needed or I wanted? A couple of years ago, I was having a conversation with uh, a guy I knew, I knew pretty well. And um, some, somehow this idea of tithing came up in our, as we were talking. Now, this guy's a business owner. He's a lot younger than me. He's a business owner, makes pretty good money. Um, not a churchgoer at this point in his life, but he was uh, when he was younger, when he was a kid. Um, so he understands church world a little bit, you know. Um, and somehow uh, his mother came up. We talked about his mother. Now his mom's a believer. She's a tither. In fact, she started tithing at the absolute worst time economically that she could start tithing. It, it was a horrible time in her life. She, she's going through a divorce. She's going to uh, watch two kids. And that's when she started tithing. So she understands the blessings of tithing. And we know this woman pretty well. And so I was looking at the scripture, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8, she kind of lived out. This is where Paul says to the, to the church at Corinth, remember this, whoever sows sparingly also will reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Not a giver, but a cheerful, smile on your face giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly. Not just bless you, but to bless you abundantly, so that in all things at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. So that's, that's kind of this, this person we're talking about. And, and her son, on the other hand, who I was having this conversation with that day, he, he just said, that's just dumb. That's just dumb. Yeah, I'm not giving up 10%. Foolish. foolish. Yeah, That's foolish. really foolish. My mom, I don't understand why she does that, he says. Doesn't make sense. But here's the thing. He's not alone, is he? He's not alone. He's not. Well, the word tells us all that we have comes from God, and he just wants the first 10, uh, 10 off the top back, just so we remember whose it all is. He continue to allow us to use the 90, but just wants us to remember where it came from. From a worldly standpoint, baby, it's all mine, and I'll do with it as I please. Amen? <laughs> Amen. As I please, and I guess that boils down part of this message, wor world or word. Am I going to follow what God shared through his word, or am I going to follow the world and what culture speaks into our lives and do whatever I please as long as it is good for me. The, iron the ironic thing is this is what's good for us, not what, not what we hear chirping in our ears all the time. Um, am I going to um, go with my own... Uh, my own motives, or am I going to allow God to show me the way and show me the path? 
the Bible often is contrary to my own natural inclination. And so it's really, really important for me to know what, what God has planned for my life because it, it is the best. You know, when we think we know better, that, that is not good. But you know what? I'm going to do whatever the Bible says mm, as long as it doesn't cramp my style. I'm going to do whatever the Bible says as long as it's convenient. Hmm. I'm going to do I'm going to do some of this. That's okay, right? Hmm. I am um, I'm in a small group and on Friday morning we've been studying the book of Haggai, which is kind of a brand new I've read Haggai before, but like not studied Haggai. And um, it's a prophet. He's a prophet. And he lived um, back when we've talked about, like, in Daniel, when all the Jewish people were, like, kicked out of their country, and then they come back into their country, and they rebuild the church, rebuild the temple. So Haggai is this prophet that's sharing and encouraging uh, the people. This Bible study is written by a brilliant um, speaker, Jennifer Rothschild. Women, if you ever are looking, and guys, because I'm like, Alan, you need to watch her. She's really, really good. Anyway, there was this thing that, Susan, we read on Friday that it's like, this is it. This is today. And I want to share it with you. Pay attention, Jason. May we never compromise what matters most for greater convenience to us. Don't we do that? We compromise for greater convenience or for... No, we can't compromise. The word is this, this is the truth. Even though it's hard to live sometimes, this is... The truth, may we never compromise what matters most for greater convenience to us. So that's the truth, Bible. But that's interesting, isn't it? Truth, it's an interesting word, interesting concept, because the world would tell us that truth is a relative thing. It's a relative thing. It, it, it changes depending on my situation, my circumstance, and it changes even based on my feelings. That's what the world would tell us. It's relative. The Word tells us that Jesus is the truth and the way and the life. That it's not an ever-moving target. Some things are subject to change, driven by custom or culture, maybe like what you wear, what you eat, where you live. It's subject to change. Yeah. But truth, real truth, the real truth is solid. You know, we're to build our lives on that solid rock of God's truth, not on the shifting sand of what we think things should be or what we want things to be. And so the world tells us that life is important when it's convenient to us. The Word tells us that life is sacred 
and that all people matter to God and that all people are created and loved by God and God doesn't have favorites. Well, maybe God has like billions of favorites, but all people matter to God. The world tells us that we're in charge and what we think matters. The word tells us that God is in charge and that his word matters. The world tells us to love ourselves. The, world tell, the word tells us to love God and love our neighbor. The world tells us, I promise, when it's convenient. And the word tells us to live out, I promise, when it's even difficult. The world says love is a fleeting emotion. The word says love is a sacred decision. The world says be careful, don't be vulnerable, don't let anyone else in. And the world, the word says live life in community and with accountability. The word says that the need for revenge, oh, the world says, get back at that person, get back. The word says, don't live with revenge. It will poison your heart. The bitterness will mess with your soul. And freedom can only come from forgiveness. That doesn't mean that we have to be back in relationship, but forgiveness is not allowing that situation or that person to poison our heart anymore and to move on. The world says it's all about us. The word, let me read you. Matthew 16, 24 through 26. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit, forfeit their soul? I'm going to read that again. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? So the world tells us, the reason they say YOLO, you only live once, because for the world, this is all there is, the here and now. It's all there is. It's as good as it gets. Think about that one for a minute. This is as good as it gets. It's now or never. But God's word tells us that the best is yet to come. Jesus told his disciples that in this world, you, we may have trouble. In this world, we may have trouble, but take heart, Jesus said, because he has overcome the world. Here in this world, we're often given empty promises. Jesus didn't give empty promises. He gave his very life. He gave everything he had so that you and I might live through eternity in the presence of God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Holy Holy Spirit. That's that's a, that's a, that's quite a promise, isn't it? 
It's a promise to end all promises. So we come to the question, what about you? What about me? What's it going to be? This or that? What's it going to be? The world or the word? You know, the moment we wake up in the morning, we have a gazillion choices that we make until we fall asleep at night. So many choices. And I make some, I think, in line with God's word, and then other times the world creeps in. So the question for me, the question for all of us is, what's it going to be? The world or the word? The choice is ours. I'm going to stand on the foundation of the word the best I can and pray that God will show me the way, and I pray that that is what your decision will be as well. The truth. Let's live it, and let's believe it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, it is so hard because we're bombarded in so many ways with things that have just been so normalized. And Lord, um, by your Holy Spirit, show us your way and show us how you want us to take just one more step and then one more step. We're out in the world, we're in our families, we're in the work world. Some places, some environments that we're in are, are um, gosh, not good. And right now in our world, um, we're watching some horrific things go on. But one thing that we know, in Hebrews, you say that you're the same it's written that you're the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Your love is unchanging. Your truth does not change. Thank you for your love that is so deep and so wide. And we submit our lives to you. That is my prayer for all of us. Submission in humility to you. I pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said. Thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Thanks again for listening. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers.